Welcome back to another spooky episode. Today we're doing Scream, yeah. which is another Wes Craven movie. It's another one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rewatching it, I was like, I think that she's gonna like Nightmare better than this one, maybe. But we'll see. see. I mean, the thing is. I feel like some of what makes this movie really good was kind of lost on me because I don't watch a lot of horror movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I wasn't like, oh shit, there's that reference or whatever, except for the part where uh, <laughs> Freddy Krueger was the janitor. The yeah. The janitor was dressed <laughs> like that. I mean, I would have gotten that regardless because, you know, I'm not like, I'm in society and I know what Freddy Krueger <laughs> looks like, but that one made me go, ah, ah, I see you. Yeah. I was hoping that by doing like a a traditional classic kind of slasher before we did this one that it would help a little bit at least yeah, with some did. of the like meta stuff but yeah uh i think that we should just get into the meat of it maybe yeah let's do it so i'm lita i'm jackie and this is why haven't you watched that So, I actually didn't realize the whole scene in the beginning with Drew Barrymore, the phone call and stuff. I've seen that entire scene before. I didn't realize it was the first scene in the movie. So, yeah. when it, like, immediately went to that part, I was like, oh, we're just getting into it, like, right away. <laughs> like, there's no other stuff before this that's interesting. Like, for some reason, I thought she was, like, a bigger character in this movie well, yeah, than she was. That was the whole thing, is because Drew Barrymore was obviously really famous, yeah. and they had her, I think, in a lot of the promotional materials, if I'm remembering correctly, so when she was killed at the very beginning, everyone was like, holy shit, like, nice. they killed Drew Barrymore right off the bat, and she wasn't even, like, a part of the movie, pretty much, but yeah. this is still one of the most iconic opening scenes and everyone remembers her in this movie yeah it was it was a great scene i i had seen most of the scene before i think probably the part where it got cut off was when her parents came back home and i didn't mm-hmm. see past that but i remember the whole like jiffy pop thing and everything and i was like oh yeah i've seen this <laughs> have you seen it on like one of the top 10 countdown list type things maybe i feel I like i had to i don't know i actually don't remember where i saw it to be honest i it might have just been a random clip i just watched one day i don't really remember yeah but yeah and this that scene i think in particular in like a lot of the first scary movie film was like film <laughs> i literally just said film so i wasn't saying movie twice but i feel like that's being very generous for that <laughs> Um, but, like, I feel like that's mostly based off of Scream, because they had the whole, like, what's up face guy. Yeah, yeah. I saw that, too. Maybe that was why I saw that. Yeah, to see what it was referencing, I guess. That's, it feels so much more meta, too, because Scary Movie is mainly based off of Scream, which is already kind of a meta kind of parody satire of Scary Movies. (laughs) I don't even really know if this movie qualifies as a satire of scary No, it's, it's 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 more of putting it under a lens, I think. Yeah, Not, yeah, it's more like sort of a deconstruction of yeah. 
horror films. It's not trying to say, oh, these events are happening and they're satirizing other events that happen. It's it's like a this is how silly it seems. They they it's sort of almost fourth wall breaking in that the characters reference scary movie conventions and then they happen to them. Like when she's when Sydney's on the phone and says, Oh, it's just a big breasted girl getting chased and she runs up the stairs instead of out the door and then she runs up the stairs yeah, instead yeah. Of out the door because she can't get the chain off and she doesn't have enough time to do it before he gets there. Yeah. So I also like in that same vein too, when uh Randy, is that the character's name? Yeah. Uh when he gets uh killed at the end by the T V that's playing the horror movie. Oh, I was Stu. like that's fucking uh oh Stu? Yeah. Oh, okay. Randy I got survives. I got the names mixed up. Matthew Lillard. Lillard, yeah. When he gets killed at the end by the team playing the horror film, I was like, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and I, I definitely feel like people have pointed that out before, too. Like, that's that's for sure. That's some, that's some nice uh, symbolism right there. I enjoy that. Yeah. And I also thought it was great that it was actually two killers at the end. I was like, ooh, good twist. Really good twist. Yeah, I, like I think it. that that was actually pretty new. Like, that was like a, a new thing when they did that. Yeah. I could tell, too, because, I don't know, I just the way the movie itself was treating it, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of like at the feeling, it's like, oh man, horror movies don't really do this, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't watched a lot of them. I'll just take your word for it, movie. And it makes so much sense, too, because I feel like it's less so in this one, but definitely in the sequels. You're like, how could they possibly have already... G- caught up to this person like how could they be in two places at once yeah. it's because there's two killers yeah it, that yeah it makes a lot more sense in hindsight i guess also because you get used to watching horror films you're used to like that supernatural element to it mm-hmm. so it's like oh of course they would suddenly be on the other side of the house because you know movie logic it's magic mm-hmm. or something it's a ghost who knows <laughs> yeah i always forget about the boyfriend at the beginning because, I mean, he doesn't even get a line, really, except for, like, screaming the girl's name through duct tape. But yeah. I, I always forget that part, which is so funny. Yeah, huh. I I didn't, I don't think I realized either that the boyfriend was actually real, because I remember people, like, riffing on that scene where she yeah. screams, my boyfriend's big and he plays football, and it just sounds, like, so obviously fake, but no, he, she, yeah. he, he really is uh, and he's existing. he's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. And such a good performance from her for such a short yeah. period of time. That scene was very impactful. It yeah. was so well shot. It was incredibly well acted. It was great. It really set up the tone of the movie extremely well. Yeah. I think it's also really funny that Skeet Ulrich in this looks like a skeezy Johnny Depp. <laughs> at which, who was in Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's like, Johnny Depp now is if he had actually looked like Skeet Ulrich, who was sort of his doppelganger back in the 80s, <laughs> and, like, had grown up that way, solidly looking that way for a while. Because, like, I don't know what Skeet Ulrich is up to now. Like, I don't know if he's shitty or not, but... Probably. I just I just assume, <laughs> you know? You just gotta assume at this point, you know? <laughs> his real name is, like, Brian or something. Like, why would you want to go by Skeet? <laughs> skeet, Skeet. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it was also, like, because when I was going into this, I didn't really... I mean, obviously, I was aware of Scream as a movie and as a concept, and I knew it was sort of, like, a deconstruction and, like, kind of spoof off of horror movies, but I didn't know exactly what the plot of the movie was, 
Mm-hmm. So I went into this having no real idea what was going to happen, except, of course, that several of the characters would survive because I'd seen gifts of them and stuff in the sequels, like Courtney Cox and that sort of thing. Speaking yeah. of Courtney Cox, that lime green suit in the beginning. <laughs> You're that's not gonna miss a, her, that's for sure. That's such a moment. Like, those pantsuits. It's such a, like, Hillary Clinton thing, I feel like. The brightly colored pantsuits. I, I don't think even Hillary Clinton wore something that Something bright. that lime? <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's, like, the color of this, like, one nail polish I wore when I was six. <laughs> it's, like, the color that my walls were when I was in high school. Yeah, it was very, it was very 90s. <laughs> and, like, that peace poster that's in the, the one girl's bedroom. I was, like, oh, yeah. I feel like everyone had some version of that poster in the 90s. Or, like, a, I don't know, psychedelic frog, but it was, like, a felt poster that you oh, colored yeah. in yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have that, but I've seen those. <laughs> oh, I loved those little velvet poster color things. So, after we get past the the main title, um, we have Skeezy Boyfriend trying to convince Sydney, like, oh, wow, our relationship used to be so R, and now it's, it's just for dumb babies we're not doing anything sexy anymore and then later on you find out like literally only a year prior her mom was like brutally raped and murdered yeah especially yeah and i mean obviously putting aside the fact that he was the psycho killer it's it's especially that scene in the hallway later where you just like get over it it's like dude yeah he's (laughs) such a fuck boy and then she's like oh he's been so nice and patient like who would want to be with me for like (sighs) being so emotionally stunted and it's like girl no he has not been nice and patient he's been a dick yeah and when her friends like billy and his penis don't deserve you i was like yes (laughs) listen to your friend please I mean, of course, my advice is always dump him, but in this case, really dump him. <laughs> yeah, same for me. <laughs> and Rose McGowan is great in this, even though she's, like, showing her ass recently in the news and such. Yeah. But I think this I was one of the first... Till, like... You didn't realize it was her? No, yeah, I didn't realize it was her until, like, halfway through the movie. I was like, oh, I guess the blonde hair threw me off. I'm so used to yeah. seeing her with brown hair. Brown or, like, red. I think she had red hair on Charmed. Um, but yeah, I think this is one of, like, her first bigger roles, which is weird to think about. Hmm. But this is another movie, too, where, like, part of the reason why I like it is because people do make smart decisions unless they can't. Like, the stupid decisions come from, oh, this is actually a thing that could happen and you might accidentally do something dumb here because you're scared or because something's blocking your way or whatever. Yeah. Like, of course you're gonna make stupid decisions in the moment when you're terrified. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think that it definitely puts that into perspective as an audience member for other movies where you're thinking, don't go in there, don't do that, you might as well do this if you're you're asking to die. And it's like, obviously... Like when uh, he's yelling, he's like, look behind you, look behind you, and then the ghost faces behind him and then the guy in the van is yelling look behind you yeah (laughs) i was like damn we are getting levels deep with this yeah but it's definitely a like hey this is why it doesn't always work in horror movies and like sure you can sit there being lightly scared by this movie saying oh well i'd i'd make a better decision but would you because in the heat of the moment you know you might not I don't think I'd make a better decision any character in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly would not. 
<laughs> Sometimes I have nightmares that center around like not being able to get away or not being able to scream like when if someone's trying to attack me and I always make stupid decisions in those nightmares. But like after unsuccessfully trying all of these other things that are actually smart and being like, oh, I've been thwarted at every turn. <laughs> and that's kind of how this feels sometimes. Yeah. The loss of control is really scary. Yeah. And you're always like, oh, sure, I'd like, you know, I'd grab a knife or whatever, but you're on the defense and that's always putting you at a disadvantage. Yeah, it is. And I feel like, honestly, I've never been in a very bad situation, but I feel like if I ever was, I would just, like, freeze up and, like, not know what to do. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, like, if anyone does anything in horror movies to try to, like, get away or fight back, I'm like, yes, <laughs> do it. <laughs> I have a story, actually, that kind of relates to one of the scenes Ooh. that I had forgotten about because I hadn't watched this in a while. But at the very end, when she gets into the cop car and she, like, really quickly locks the doors and rolls the window up, and then, of course, it, you know, doesn't matter, and he's fucking with her because he has the remote for the car. Yeah. Um, that was, like, you know, she did that really fast, and it worked out really well, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if, what I would do in that situation. Well, something kind of similar happened to me, and it was not, like, as high stakes. Um, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but I was at the park alone one time, and it was, you know, it was, like, on the weekend, there was plenty of people there, it was bright and sunny, it was the middle of the afternoon, and I was reading for a little bit or sketching or something and then I was walking back to my car and I kind of felt like somebody was following me but like there's a there was a walking loop around the lake so it was like oh it was just somebody that was you know walking on the lake or like walking to their car or something so I go and get in my car and I'm like not doing anything particularly quickly I have like all my shit I throw it in the seat and then I notice that some guy has walked up along my passenger side door and is reaching for the handle as if he's going to get in so I just like smacked the lock button on the side of my door and I just stare at him (laughs) and slowly put the keys in the ignition and he looked so confused like I don't know if he was like sick or like out of it or like legitimately thought that I was someone that he was with that and then was like oh that's not her like if someone else had the same car because there were a couple other people in the area that had the same car as me um but it was just so bizarre and I was just like I started up the car and like he walked away and I thought that he was gonna go and stand behind the back of my car and I was like I'm gonna run him over as that (laughs) Like, legitimately, I am not going to stop the car (laughs) because I was, like, uh, at that point, my heart was, like, beating and I was like, holy shit, this is a scary situation, you know? And he didn't do that, luckily. Like, I really think that it was just he was, like, you know, mentally ill or something like that and, like, just really confused. I don't think that he had a malicious intent. I don't know. Like, who fucking knows what goes through people's heads? Like, I didn't see him beforehand, you know? And I just drove off, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that, that is really scary. It was definitely, like... Good for you for reacting that quickly, though. Yeah, it was just so, like... Usually I'm, like, a fumbly, and, like, I'll drop my keys and stuff like that if I'm, like, carrying stuff, and I'm trying to get in the door or whatever. But I was just... It was so automatic. It was very weird. Yeah, maybe it's one of those things, too, because I always think, you know, like I just said, like, I think I'd freeze up, and maybe it's one of those things, like, the adrenaline kicks in, and you just, like, you just do it, and you just react. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, which just goes to show you, you, you just don't know what you're gonna do in a situation until you're presented with it. Yeah. 
But ever since then, I definitely, like, as soon as I get in the car, when I was driving, I don't drive anymore, ha ha ha, um, (laughs) I would just, like, immediately lock the doors, especially if it was nighttime or something like that. Like, even if there was no one else around me, I would just immediately do that. Oh, the things us women have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so so the Foz is in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I was like, hey! (laughs) It's so weird to me every time someone reminds me that that's who he is, because I have (laughs) only seen him in comedic roles like this, looking like that. Yeah, I've all, most of the stuff I've ever seen him in was when he was older. I actually didn't connect the two for, like, the longest fucking time. Me either. I was, like, I was aware of the one's existence, and I just didn't even think about the fact they might be the same person until, like, I found out one day. I was like, oh! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre. And unfortunately, he dies, even yeah. though he's, like, one of the... I, it's really nice to like everyone in the town actually takes it seriously. Yeah, the, when, I mean, when he went the adults. shit on those students, I was like, I, I mean, at that point, I was like, is he the killer still? But after you know, you find out he is. I was like, good for you, man. Yeah, you're telling those kids they're fucking shit because they are. What yeah. is with the teens in this movie? I mean, well, I know teenagers are fucked up and evil and gross and like they would absolutely pull shit like this but guys this is like a real fucking situation here and there's really a killer on the loose man i think there's like (laughs) there's definitely two sides to it and it's that yes teenagers are fucked up and like if they can't find a way to make light of something they will try to find a way to like relate too heavily to it you know what i mean so like there was there was some stuff that happened not like like, people dying in accidents or something at my high school, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, they sat next to me in class, like, that's so crazy, you know, and everyone is like, even if they don't really know the person, like, they're either really sad, or they, like, make fun of it, or say, like, shitty things Mm. about it, like, well, why weren't they doing this thing when the accident happened? So that's definitely, like, a, a thing that teenagers do, I think. But then on the other hand, I think that a lot of the kids are meant to be a stand-in for, like, the horror audience, like, yeah. horror moviegoers, especially at the end when they tell them, oh my god, the principal's dead, they found him on the goalpost, and they all leave the party, and they're like, woo, let's go see, let's go gawk at it, like, that's sort of people that flock to seeing horror movies, like, let me see the gore, I want to see the deaths, like, yeah, like, like the let's people, look at the kill count, you know? It's like the people who go to, like, public hangings and that sort of thing. yeah. So I think it's definitely some sort of commentary on that. Also, all of those children were just boozing it up and then driving, and that's very bad. Yeah, Please yeah, yeah. That. that was some... <laughs> Please do not. They were all drunk off their asses and then just immediately all piled into two cars. Yeah, please, it's please like, do not do this. one person who was like, maybe... <laughs> And we were trying to figure out when we were watching, and every time I watch this, I try to figure this out, like... How come no one else saw Tatum in the garage door? And I think that it's because there's two different sides to the house. Yeah, that's what I... Because I figured that was the back of the house. Yeah. Because there's, like, the boat or whatever. Yeah. But it still is, like, how did no one else see it? But, I mean, I guess... I don't know. (laughs) And no one else goes looking for her because everyone's, like, drunk and... Or a killer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I love when she was throwing the beer bottles at him. Yeah, that was crazy. It was just like, but when she walked in, though, like, you could, like, see her nips through her shirt, and I was like, oh is my this, God, ne- yeah. I was like, is this necessary? <laughs> and, like, nipples intensify. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, there's danger. 
imagine, <laughs> imagine every time there's danger, like, nips just go hard. Just, like, immediately. <laughs> there might be some science to that, actually. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, um... I feel like in each scene they got like progressively worse. So I don't know if it was like, I don't know if that was also like a, oh, the big breasted girl that's running the wrong way type commentary, you know? Or just guys well, being gross. Yeah. Huge. I mean, I would, I would hope not because like I said previously, like I don't think that Wes Craven was like a gross person inherently, but I mean, I mean this movie was produced by the Weinsteins. I mean, just cause you're not like the worst kind of gross doesn't mean you're not a little bit gross. True. That's true. <laughs> Especially if you're a man. I was about to say no offense to the men listening to this, but yes, offense. Yeah, check yourselves. <laughs> Don't be like James Cameron filming the Titanic and giving fucking Kate Winslet hypothermia or whatever, pneumonia. Yeah, that's that was fucked up. Some yeah, it was. Shit. <laughs> it's all for the name of the art. So the... I have written down the news people, and I don't know what I meant by that. I feel like maybe just <laughs> how, like, it's showing the sensationalization, since that's not right. This, I don't know. They're <laughs> sensationalizing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. outside of the, the school and everything, and the the way that they were talking about it just, I feel like, made me laugh and made me write that down. Uh, it was so hilarious to me, David Arquette's character, he was, like, eating an ice cream cone Yeah, <laughs> like, the sheriff was smoking a cigarette. I half expected him, after the sheriff, like, stomped on the cigarette, for him to throw his ice cream on the ground. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> I was, like, waiting for it, and he didn't do it. I was like, aw, that would have been so funny. Yeah, because everyone makes fun of, like, how much of a little baby he looks like, I guess. Yeah. Throughout the movies. He's got or... like little stash and Yeah. <laughs> Try, like, he's trying. Him. He's trying not to be a baby face so much. <laughs> yeah. I always forget because he, you know, spoiler alert, lives through all of them. Um, just like why, why are we doing spoiler alerts? <laughs> I mean <laughs> you I you already said that you knew that like all the main people yeah. survived, but I always forget that uh, Rose McGowan was his sister in the first one just because, you know, he keeps living and she doesn't and I feel like they mention it, I think, in the future, but it's never like touched on for that long. Oh, Carrie Fisher has a cameo in the third one, so Oh nice. It's the only good thing about the third one. <laughs> the third one's the worst uh, across the board. I want to know where the people live, though, because it definitely is, like, they're all so rich. Yeah, and also, like, why are they all spread so far apart? <laughs> yeah. The the bus goes, like, right up to this country-ass road for Sydney's house, and they're all living in these, like, crazy spread-out farmhouses. Yeah. It looks like the school is in a suburb, and then... Yeah, all of a sudden, like a they're small all, like, town. living super far apart from each other. They're just, like, one little central area, and then all the houses are just, like, on the outskirts of town, I guess. That's the only thing I could think of. It's that but, suburban sprawl. Yeah. I, it looks that, like there's, like, like, vineyards or something, like... <laughs> yeah, and, like, that's my whole thing. Like, I... I that's exactly why I wouldn't want to live in the middle of nowhere, because, like, yeah. what if something fucking happens? Yeah. <laughs> Same. People were like, oh man, the cities are so dangerous, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but at least if you call 911, they'll probably be there pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, they'll be there super fast. Or you can literally, like, run screaming around the block and, like, tons of people will probably come out to help you. Like, as yeah. long as you're not just, I mean, maybe not, because 
It's a higher probability, at least. <laughs> you There's at least people around to hear you. Yeah, And exactly. feel guilty when you, got you a die. Chance. <laughs> Whereas if you're in the middle of nowhere, like five miles away from anybody else, yeah, who's going to hear you scream? Nobody. <laughs> like, literally, we were walking home the other day and heard a car accident happened, rounded the corner, we're like, oh, that's a car accident right there. And then before we had made it, like, across the, the intersection the ambulance was coming. So yeah. that's, like, the fast response time that you get in the city, you know? I always worry about, like, what if you get bit by a rattlesnake or something out there? And yeah, that, that's you. Just the wildlife and, like, yeah. everything's so fucking quiet. It's just creepy. Yeah. There's definitely been times where I've been, like, at my grandparents in, like, a not super secluded part of Florida, but more so than a lot of the parts and, like, other times being on vacation in, like, the mountains or something, and you'll go outside and, like, all of a sudden, things just seem way too quiet, and you just get this weird feeling, and you're like, I'm gonna go back inside now. <laughs> I'm gonna go back inside. <laughs> like, no, something's yeah. not right. <laughs> you definitely don't want to be watching horror movies when you're in those places. No. <laughs> it would just make me, like, so paranoid. Not, like, scared, just kind of, like, ooh. Paranoid, just yeah. Just on guard. Uh, yeah, I uh, th- we, I played that horror game until dawn, and then one of the places that we stayed uh, driving out to Seattle was in Colorado, up in the mountains. There was a full moon that night. There was really snowy up there, so the moon was just, like, reflecting off of all the snow. There was maybe two other groups of people in cabins or, like, tents, and they were all spread out. And you had to walk down a street to get to the bathroom. There were no bathrooms in the cabins. So it was literally like being in that horror game that I played. Oh, <laughs> no. Very unnerving. See, I've been okay so far just like watching the horror movies. I don't... I, I, playing a horror game just seems like I just get too jittery. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had hives the entire time I played that game. But I've replayed <laughs> it since and I'm replaying it now that I know everything. It's not as... It's scary, obviously. Okay, I have a question about something. Okay, so did the one character say, like, Wes Carpenter at one point? Because <laughs> um, if she did, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, because I, I feel like she, Rose McGowan's character, I, f- I think she was the one who said it. Because I wrote down Wes Carpenter, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping, because, yeah, that that's a nice wink to the audience. Yeah, she said, um, you're starting to sound like some Wes Carpenter flick. <laughs> I'm wondering if the, like, either this is, like, an alternate universe where there's a director named Wes Carpenter, or it's the character mushing together two directors, in which case Wes Craven is directing this movie. Does he also <laughs> exist in this universe? Yeah, I think that it's a dig at both of them, because, especially because John Carpenter obviously exists in this universe because they're watching Halloween later on, so... Yeah. And uh, one of the shots I really liked is in the bathroom when the feet come down, and then the rest of the costume comes down to you. That was a great moment. I was like, bravo, that's scary and artistic yeah. and shit. <laughs> and of course you were like, oh, is it? Is it actually him? Is it the kids in the masks? And just like that feeling of being unsafe wherever you go. Yeah, especially, yeah, because it's like such a common costume and it's like... Like I was kind of wondering while I was watching at one point if there would be some kind of moment where it's just some asshole teen fucking around and someone thinks it's really the killer and, Mm -hmm. like, attacks them. I was wondering if that moment was going to come, but never did. 
I was like kind of waiting for it. I feel like that time. might happen in one of the sequels, but I don't remember. In the second one, they're they've literally profited off of the the killings and they've made movies about it. So they're the one of the oh, killings geez. happens during I mean, a premiere of one of them and everyone's dressed as those costumes, so the person gets away uh, unnoticed, you know. Yeah. I mean realistic. Yeah. <laughs> like we have to make a biopic <sighs> or a you know, dramatic reenactment of pretty much every horrible thing that happens. Yep. They're making two movies about Sharon Stone or no Sharon Tate uh, that are supposed to be coming out which is just like ridiculous with like the Charles Manson and everything yeah. I said Sharon Stone because Rose McGowan mentioned her <laughs> or no I don't think Rose McGowan the the kids at the end do yeah. uh can we talk about Matthew Lillard yes because he is so cute I still can't believe that the first time I ever heard of him I was like why would they make him play Shaggy in Scooby-Doo? He's just the guy from those weird deodorant commercials. <laughs> Obviously not knowing any of these. I think that he was great in this. I mean, like, especially the part where he's like, my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. Like, that, that part always great. gets me. It's so, like, yeah. fucked up and funny and also a little bit sad. Yeah, it, 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 especially the sad part because you think it's like, oh, this is just, like, a kid. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd actually kind of forgotten, I I think that I twisted it in my head that Billy is... I always twist in my head that he purposely um, stabbed Stu too much. I mean, it might still be yeah. true, Oh, but... Look, look, that whole thing, I was watching, I'm like, why are you guys making yourselves weaker right before... <laughs> You're about to kill someone. Well, because they're on... <laughs> Wait till later. They're on Wait till such a it. high just because they pulled it off for so long and they've already killed so many people that they're like, of course we're going to get her. Like, there's there's nothing she can do. Everyone is unable to help her at this point. She's gotten away multiple times yeah, at this point. Yeah, well, it's they're still, not following the rules of the final girl because they're yeah. like, well, she's not a virgin anymore, so she can't be the final girl. <laughs> That's, like, the whole thing. Yeah, I like that, that the fact that that was deconstructed as well, and also the fact that after, she clearly didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah. <laughs> Which was really funny to me. He was like, are you alright? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, it's sad, though, but... It is. Sad. At least it's like he'd like kind of stopped pressuring her by that point. I don't know. It's still bad. Yeah. You feel bad for her about that for sure. But yeah, there's definitely that moment where he's giving his motive basically, and Stu kind of looks at him like, oh, I didn't know that. You know, which is kind of like, so who's more psychotic here? The one that's just doing it for fun? Or the one that has a supposed reason for doing it that's kind of a stupid reason for doing it, you know? Yeah. I mean... Just psychotic in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> definitely psychotic in different ways. Yeah, definitely. One is more, like, chaos, and one is more about just, like, revenge. Yeah. For, you know... And you can definitely tell that um, Billy's character is more of a sociopath, I guess. He's he's better at knowing, like, hey, don't act like this around people. Pretend like you're not a creep. And Stu is just like, ha ha, liver. <laughs> liver alone. Yeah, but then everyone's just like, oh, that wacky Stu. Yeah, because that's like his whole MO. <laughs> what a character. And it works for him. Yeah. Like that whole scene in the video store. Mm -hmm. I was just going to mention great. that. 
And poor Randy, the did you see the lady in the background when Randy starts going off? Yes, I did. She was just shaking her head like, whoa. Her <laughs> eyes get so fucking wide and I burst out laughing because I don't know if I'd ever noticed that before, really. I'm sure that I did, but I don't remember it being that funny. <laughs> yeah, he's basically like screaming. Yeah. <laughs> carrying on and then of like, course why doesn't his manager come over and be like do you want to take your break or well he was already fired twice <laughs> it's like time to fire him a third time why do they keep rehiring him is the question because <laughs> he's so good with movies <laughs> we talked about the killer in the bathroom before but before that the two girls that were just acting their little hearts out being the mean yeah. girls Oh, that was great. I loved, I loved the other one. Just like you're pathetic. Yeah. Because like that is like, like she's saying this stuff. It's like you're like insane for thinking of this. Like you've really put some thought into this. You're writing a story. Like what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so like over exaggerated, mean girl. Like I heard that her mother was the slut of the town. Like <laughs> <laughs> yes, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down there, Bethany. <laughs> We've we've bounced around a bunch. Yeah. Oh, another great stew moment is when the phone rings and he's like, "Should I let it go to the answering machine?" And he's like, <laughs> "Loopy at that point." It's really funny. Yeah, he did. He did such a great job portraying the manicness. Yeah, it was awesome. It was very entertaining to watch. I wish that he would do more horror movies. I know that he's, like, solidly shaggy in, like, every iteration of Scooby-Doo that they make now. Yeah. But... And he does it well. Yeah, he does. Which, I mean, I never would have guessed that, but... Um, he was also in 13 Ghosts, which is, like, another one of my favorite horror movies, but it's one that, like, <laughs> everyone kind of says is not good. So it's, I guess, a guilty pleasure, but I don't feel guilty about liking it. Yeah. He's really great in that movie, too. He's not, like psychotic in that one but i just i like him and as scary movie roles i guess he just always seems like every movie i've ever seen him in, he just seems to be having such a fun time yeah i love actors like that like if you're having yeah. a good time i'm having a good time with you yeah it's just a joy to watch you know yeah it's like gary oldman in a the fifth element you know oh god he's, just, yeah. he's having a rollicking fun time in that movie yeah oh my gosh i still love that movie even though he's trash and Luke Besson yeah. is trash, and the whole just, story is kind of trash, but, like, I still kind of like that movie. It's just, it's still just, yeah, I know, it's just, it, it really is fun to watch, despite all the problematic elements and stuff, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, but we're not talking about the fifth element, we're talking, no. <laughs> let's not get too off topic. We've both seen the fifth element, we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, I laughed really hard at the face that Billy makes in the back of the cop car, when he gets put in there and it's really hard to describe to you but it's so like over the top and like please <laughs> i missed that moment i like i don't even know what time code to direct you to or anything it's just like such a his pathetic little face but you know that he's just like pretending so it's yeah he's like playing it up yeah you can like i feel like you can see both of those things on his face right there <laughs> Um, I actually don't have, like, a lot of trivia about this. I had a lot of trivia about Nightmare on Elm Street, but I, I don't know as much backstory or behind-the-scenes info for this one, so we can do a little bit about yeah. that. Uh, one thing I will say is uh, 
again, back to the first scene, I feel like in any sort of, like, horror movie or scary movie that I've seen, that's the stuff that really, like, scares me the most because it feels so realistic, as opposed to, like, horror movies that have, like, a supernatural element. Like, even though Nightmare on Elm Street was scary, it's like, you know that shit's never gonna actually happen. No one's gonna be coming for you in your dreams and then actually kill you, but this, someone could, they call up your house and stalk you and kill you in your house. And that, to me, is much more terrifying than, like, the other stuff, because it's just, it's, there's a level of unrealism to it. Yeah, I agree, for sure. Um, supernatural stuff, and like I mentioned before, like, possession doesn't really scare me as much, so this is definitely a much scarier... It's like a, this could be you, except bad. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not you. Yeah. So I have a, a one trivia fact. Because of the extremity of violence and gore, which is so crazy, because, like, now... It doesn't seem like hardly anything gory happened. Yeah, it really um, doesn't. Wes Craven had to re-edit the film eight times to avoid an NC-17 rating from the MPAA. It eventually received its R rating after Weinstein convinced them that the film was satirizing violence, not glorifying it. Which oh. so sucks that, like, he was in- I mean, th you can't get away from those two. Yeah, you really- you can't get away from it because he was involved in, like, so many fucking films. Yeah, like, if we didn't do any films that were produced by those brothers, we'd not have hardly anything to- Like, if we talk about- Tried to only do films that weren't made by total dirtbags and assholes and whatnot, yeah. we would not have a lot of movies to choose from, sadly. Because these people are just everywhere, especially people who gain any kind of modicum of power just immediately abuse it. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember what I was going to say about the news people earlier because they mentioned that quote in a trivia fact. The quote is, people want to know, they have a right to know, and they're trying to interrogate the kids. And I was like, what a stupid thing to ask a kid going in, you know. And also, people don't have a right to know. Exactly. <laughs> what do they have a right to know, exactly? But apparently that reporter uh, was Linda Blair, who was in Exorcist, the kid in the Exorcist. Oh. So, that was a nice little cameo. Cool. She's, she seems sort of familiar. Yeah. Like, I remember... She's cameoed she on quite a few horror movies, and, like, she was in an episode of Supernatural, <laughs> and then, of course, they, you know, make a comment about it at the end, like, oh, did she seem familiar to you? I don't know, but now I want some pea soup. <sighs> Supernatural. Yeah. Supernatural. Can you believe that it's 14 seasons now? Oh my god, just kill it. Yeah. It's like... Just put it out of its misery. Honestly, I will admit that the first, like, the first season is pretty fun. This next two seasons, also pretty good. Like, if you're looking for some spoopy show to watch, and then they just really went off. Yeah. Really went off. I don't know what they would... I don't know. I've only seen, like, a few episodes here and there. Yeah. So I can't really speak to it. But also, just, it's too many. Too many seasons. It's just too many. I'm sorry. Yeah. You gotta shut it down. Yeah, I don't think that anything should have that many seasons ever. No. Not even, like, sitcoms. Or some dumb stuff. Yeah. Just don't do it. The the guy that was dressed like Freddy Krueger, the, the janitor, was actually yeah. Wes Craven. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I like that. I, I like fun director cameos like that. Yeah. Especially in a movie that's already, like, so meta. Yeah. Like, I'm not really looking forward to all of the Stan Lee cameos in every single movie, yeah, now that it's happened just, so much. <laughs> I was just about to mention, spoilers for Venom, Stan Lee makes a fucking cameo in the Venom movie. Really? <laughs> yeah, he does. And he, like, has some 
stupid fucking line that ma- it, like makes it seem like he knows that Eddie Brock has Venom, even though he's just like some random fucking dude on the street, and why would he know this? And oh it's God. just, it's just, uh, I like, I wanted to like groan out loud in the theater when he, I was like, no, just. <laughs> and that wasn't even like a main like MCU project too. So no, it was just in association with Marvel Studios. Yeah, <laughs> ugh. He like ever since I found out more about like how he was shitty to Jack Kirby. Yeah, and also the whole thing with, like, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, how he doesn't want Spider-Man to be gay. Like, he's like, no, that's not the way Spider-Man is supposed to be. Whatever. Shut the fuck up, Stanley. Stanley, I'm over Stanley. (laughs) I mean, he's also, like, he's just really out there, and there's apparently been reports of, like, elder abuse with people trying to take advantage of him and stuff like that. Well, well, that sucks. sucks, So I don't condone that sort of thing. just Just a sucky... So a conundrum. Yeah. Everyone's awful. Yeah. Anyway, that's been our podcast. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> we do get on our tangents about how everyone is awful, don't we? We do. Also, the... Well, back to... I'm looking at my notes again. Uh, when when she punches... Uh, Penny Cox. In the face. Yeah, that was good. I was cool. I was, Ro- I was Rose McGowan in that moment. I was <laughs> like, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's actually... I feel like we haven't talked enough about Sydney yet, so let's talk about her, because yeah. she's another one of my, like, favorite final girls, because yeah. she actually fights back, and she's like, alright, I'm gonna shoot you through the fucking head when you come back to life, you know? Yeah. I was hoping she would do that, too. I was like, you gotta... Like, every single time, like, someone... Like, the killer gets killed, I'm like, just shoot him in the head just for safety. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure, you know? <laughs> so, when she hit him, like, square, like, right in the middle of the forehead, I was like, nice. Yeah. Yeah, and being able to, like, haul her dad off into the closet, and she grabbed their voice-changing thing, and she called the cops, and uh, she's, like, playing tricks on them at that point in time, and Sue's like, did she you really call and... the cops? <laughs> what did she say? You... Bet your sorry ass I did, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. that. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I, I was about to say you bet your ass. I'm like, I feel like there's another word there, but I don't remember what it was, but yeah. <laughs> and, like, when she dressed up in the costume as well, I'm like, I don't know how you had time to do that, but it was a very nice touch. Yeah. Um, I'm all for here for the pettiness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just I, like I, a robe I, that you throw over top and then the mask, right? Yeah. Yeah, but still, just like the time, like they were, di- they weren't too distracted for too long. She managed to like grab her dad from the basement, uh, grab the thing, and then like throw the robe on, and I'm like, nice. I mean, is it super realistic? No, but nice. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. I mean, there's definitely parts of the, the rest of the movie that aren't super realistic, too, and I think that, like, most of it is, is satirizing stuff like that that happens in other horror movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know... Well, a- so you can't take this stuff, like, too seriously. Yeah. Like, of course you have to have the moment where the other person comes out on top and has enough time to set this up and everything and of course like both of them were bleeding and weak and kind of getting loopy by that point so yeah fools yeah this <laughs> <laughs> befallen by their own hubris yeah and I, I really liked the moment when she goes out to the news car or news van and when he gets his throat slit and it's like his last thing is like still trying to be like protecting the kids i don't know i always yeah, like when nice. He's like, open the door, or close the door. I have, I have actually, because 
the moment when she goes back to the house and, like, the two of them are there, Randy and Stu, and she doesn't know which one is. I'm like, you saw the video- didn't she see the video where he was being approached yeah. from behind by Ghostface? You would know it wasn't him then. Yeah, I think that I've seen that listed as a mistake, and I think that it's kind of just a- it might be kind of a plot hole, but at the same time, it's just her being like, okay, I like don't know who to trust, and panicking because she was really kind of sure that- her boyfriend was a killer and that he was weird about when she was like oh yeah it would have been really convenient for you to use that phone call and he does get stabbed in front of her but it's like still a you know things don't seem to be how they actually are so yeah nothing's making sense so yeah I could see how she would be like you guys are both like screaming and pointing fingers at each other and I don't want to deal with it and just get the fuck out of here like yeah. Don't attack me, you know. But yeah, she. I feel like she becomes even more badass as all of the movies go on. And my favorite is actually the fourth one, I think. Like, if I were to rank the quality of all of the movies, I would say that it would be the first, the fourth, the second, and the third for me personally. But I think that my favorite is the fourth because uh, that's actually the first one that I saw all the way through. And I got to watch it at the FSU theater with my friends freshman year so it was like a bonding experience you know so you could just like watch that without having seen the other movies and it made sense yeah because it's sort of like a it, it was originally a trilogy and then the fourth one came out like my freshman year so it's sort of a a new generation and they kind of recap some of the other stuff i don't think that they go into the stuff that happened with her mom as much in the fourth one, like, they, they might mention it in passing, but that's definitely not, like, I didn't really know that until I watched the first one, but you can definitely, like, get the, the gist of it yeah. without having seen the others. because yeah, I saw that that one was on Netflix, and apparently there's a TV show, yeah. Scream, that exists. <laughs> I watched the first season of the show, and I didn't hate it. But it definitely is not uh, as adequately in the same spirit as the movie franchise, I feel like. I kind of am curious, though, in a way, if the- if I feel like the direction the show would want to take is, like, deconstructing, like, horror TV shows mm -hmm. rather than the films. I don't know how they did it, though. <laughs> I don't think that they did that as much. But, but, then what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely, uh, they, they took kind of a weird sort of turn, I think, on that show. And, you know, nobody involved with the, the movies, I don't think, was involved with the show. Because they had to use a different ghost face mask and everything. But that, the show, it's an MTV show, and it just goes to show, haha. It goes to show you how uh, far we have come in desensitizing everyone in America because the show is so gory and the kills are like pretty cruel like they're almost set up like saw traps a couple of them and they definitely like wouldn't have made it into this R cut of this first movie if they had such a hard time getting it cut down from an NC-17 like the kills on the show that they show on MTV now. I, I find that so interesting because I feel like it's scarier the less score there is, you know? Because yeah. once you get to like a certain point, it just becomes ridiculous. Like even in the show Hannibal, when like the, apparently there's just a shit ton of serial killers mm -hmm. in this universe and they're all extremely creative. <laughs> like in <laughs> and Dexter. Like, yeah, and like... 
And it's like, it just keeps trying to like one up and one up and one up and it eventually just gets into like this really stupid territory. But at least the show itself felt very surreal to begin with. Mm -hmm. But like, with stuff with like horror films now and like what you just said with the show and just like making it gorier and gorier, it just like, it to me it just makes it gross, not scary. Yeah. And there's a reason those horror films are classics, and it's not because they had, like, a shit ton of gore, necessarily, depending yeah. on the movie, I guess. And I f- Like, there are other reasons for it, and you can't lean on the gore aspect too much. Yeah, and I feel like all of the sequels that did progressively lean more and more on gore, everyone agrees that they're not as good as the originals that had less gore. It's just that thing of, like, well, how do we keep it fresh? How do we make it seem more interesting like maybe we'll have something so crazy gory and ridiculous that it will stand out in people's minds so much that everyone wants to see it or it's like you know a moment in time like I don't know um there's a Netflix movie that I have not watched and will not watch that my friend was like it's I think it's too gory then you wouldn't like it because like it's kind of like a sexualized violence type Ugh, aspect to it not like in a not like in a rapey way but in a like metaphorical Still. way but you know yeah terrifier there's like apparently a really uh i'm not gonna describe it but it's there's a really insane scene and it feels like the kind of scene where they would be like let's try to push the limits of how gross we can make this like how much we can do with practical effects and with makeup and special effects like no one's done something like this before let's do this you know mm. There's definitely a, there's a kill like that in Scream 4, too, that's, like, pretty nasty that really affected me when I first saw it. And I think that it's, like, it makes sense in the universe, but also it's, like, a, you have to up the gore because it's, you know, the modern times and it's the sequel, and they do comment on that in, in that movie. Yeah. I was about to say, like, it might be one of those, like, meta things, too. Yeah. They're, like, we had to make it more terrible because otherwise then will not be noticed as much as the original killings so so it's definitely like a everyone gets more bloodthirsty <laughs> i thought that i had more to talk about than i did yeah i, I brought up pretty much all my notes except for the the great line never sh- never showed her tits till she was legit yeah <laughs> i sorry, I, I legitimately cracked up at that line <laughs> yeah that's hilarious <laughs> I also think it's so funny that um, Jamie Lee Curtis, was, you know, started out in like Halloween and all the the horror movies, and her mom was Janet Lee, yeah, in Psycho, and her dad was Tony Curtis, which the last episode of Some Like It Hot he was in. I think it's the same guy at least. It is, yeah, that is Tony Curtis. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> so the lost episode, <laughs> you guys are never gonna get to hear. There are too many audio issues with it. Yeah, but we did it. She's seen it. <laughs> I guess after this film, caller ID sales shot up over 300% <laughs> for a period of time. I wonder if cell phone usage Yeah. Was... <laughs> I mean, that time in the 90s, it wasn't... You were pretty rich if you had a cell phone still. Yeah. So it would be considered extremely unusual. Yeah. Do you remember when your parents got cell phones? Uh, I th- we all got them around the same time. They got one of those family plans. It was like... 2003 I think maybe 2004 yeah well no they got theirs first because their numbers are the same except for the last digit (laughs) oh my god that's crazy because my parents numbers are like one digit off it's not the last digit but they're one digit off from each other yeah yeah so they probably got theirs before mine I think I got mine uh when I was a freshman in high school yeah so that would have been 2004 a flip phone yeah (laughs) 
I, I actually found one of my uh, flip phones uh, flip phones last last year and like I, I like turned it on oh my God. and it's, it's still it still worked. The battery still worked. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it came on and, like, the ringtone came on. I was like, oh, man. Uh, oh, look at the, the fish background. <laughs> and then, like, the caption, like, I wrote as uh, the welcome message on my phone, banana phone. And I was wow. like, jeez. Oh, <laughs> I remember when you could write welcome messages and stuff. I think that I probably yeah. did exactly the same thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, at least with me, I had a public access show with... Bonner, if you guys remember her from the Baby Geniuses episode, uh, we had a public access show in high school called Banana Phone. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's good times. I think that my parents got my parents got phones in like two thousand two or something like that. I think I was like eight or nine when they got their cell phones. And then I did not have a cell phone until the summer before freshman year, and I was using my sister's old phone, and Mm. I think got my own number. I might have been using her old number, too. I don't remember. Um, and then I got a razor in freshman year. You got a razor? Which was... I wanted a razor so badly. It was past the point by which they were popular. But yeah, I still wanted one regardless. (laughs) They were not cool by the time I got one, because my freshman year was uh 2007 so yeah Yeah, my freshman year was 2004 so that was like more around the height Mm -hmm. i think they came out in 2005 i think right or was it earlier i I don't know i was in high school i'm pretty sure though yes and i I would see the popular girls with their motorola razors Mm -hmm. and they were pink and i was like so jealous i had a silver one because i hated pink but um, Sidekicks were the the popular phone then. And then there was this other phone that we called a chode phone. I don't know what it was actually. I don't know why we called it that. And then I think like my sophomore, junior year is when the first iPhone came out. So if you had the first iPhone, like you were really the shit. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I didn't get a smartphone until uh, it was like 2012 or 13 or something. I yeah. Think. Cause, yeah, no, it would have, yeah, it was 2013 was when I got it, yeah. I, I, I just had, like, a, one of the, I was like, no, I want one that has a keyboard. I don't want the smartphones, because I need a keyboard on my phone. Same, <laughs> I always, I had the slide-out keyboard ones, and I, yeah. I picked those on purpose. Like, I had, like, Same. two or three of them before they didn't do that anymore. Um, but I think my first actual legit phone did have a touch screen. Like when I got texting, huh. I got texting in junior year. I didn't have texting before that. So I had a cell phone, but I couldn't use it for anything except to call my parents, essentially. Because I didn't, oh, I couldn't even T9. They just didn't even pay for texting. So I, they blocked it. Like I couldn't even do it even if I wanted to. Oh, that's shitty. Even I had texting. I mean, I didn't text anyone because it was T9 and it was like too onerous to text yeah. anyone well we wouldn't have been able to afford like the crazy bills and they'd already gone through the whole like crazy cell phone bills with my sister before so they uh, were like we're just gonna block it from everybody's plan so that like you know like how other people could text option. you so they couldn't even try to text you and charge you money definitely a uh, crazy how how much ground we've covered yeah and technology <laughs> in the past 10 yeah, years yeah yeah because when did this movie come out this movie came out in 90 six i want to say hold on let me see 96 oh i'm so good (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) i thought it was like 99 for some reason even though thinking about it considering like the fashion in this movie doesn't really make too much sense because this was a very solidly 90s fashion movie Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't (laughs) make up too especially like courtney cox's makeup very very 90s oh yeah 
Definitely not so much of, like, the early 90s where you get some of the, like, horrible full house type. Yeah, yeah, not, like, the the neon and the... Except for the lime green suit, obviously, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely... Yeah. I really liked the way that Sydney and um, Tatum both dressed. Also, can we talk about Tatum? I think that it's a cute name, but at the same time, who names their kid that? Every time <laughs> they said that, I was, like, chanting Tatum's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like really weird, uncommon, kind of masculine-sounding girls' names. Like, I really like the name Sloan for girls. Oh, yeah. That's but a good one. I would never actually name a kid that, because they'd get made fun of so much, I feel like. Unless they were a badass. Yeah, no, I feel like you name your kid Sloan, they're automatically a badass. That's the whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> I don't even know if someone would get made fun of for that, because I don't know any guy's name Sloan. I hear the name Sloan, I immediately think Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. I, I honestly forgot that that was her name in that. <laughs> I think that, like, that was a 80s and 90s thing was really, like, uncommon girls' names. Yeah. Even even in this, I feel like Sydney is, was, was kind of an uncommon Sydney, name. Yeah, Sydney is a pretty gender-neutral name. Especially spelled that na- that way, because her name is spelled S-I-D-N-E-Y. Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. No, I assumed it was spelled with a Y. Yeah. Final thoughts before we do a Mad Lib. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, like I said in the beginning, like, I, some of it was a bit lost on me because I'm not, like, a horror film buff, so I didn't get, like, all the references or really appreciate all the references, mm-hmm. but I, it was a fun movie. I got engrossed in it. It was, uh, really well-structured. Uh, it was cool seeing, like, horror movies get deconstructed. Like, I know enough about horror movies to know what was being deconstructed and what wasn't, and... I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Nice. Wes Craven is the dude. <laughs> I'm two for two. I'm so glad. <laughs> um, yeah, I would definitely recommend that you watch the fourth one. I think the second one is also on Netflix. So the, both of those are pretty good. Uh, the second one has Sarah Michelle Gellar in it. Oh, which yes. Which is fun. Yeah, I mean, this is my one of my favorite horror movies which is so weird because i feel like i have i can't name a lot of favorite movies for other genres but i have a lot of horror movies that are my favorites horror, horror movies inspire passion in people yeah it's so weird like i love 13 ghosts i love scream i love nightmare on elm street it's just very bizarre i love trick-or-treat it's more of like a halloween movie to me like a holiday type movie i mean it's still a horror movie but you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I get, I get you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we are going to do a Mad Lib, and I apologize in advance because I definitely did not put as much effort into this one as the other one. <laughs> so we'll just see how it goes. Oh, this is going to be funny. All right, this is going to be, like, actually a really good rate of return for how little effort I put into this. Right, nice. nice. <laughs> so here we go. The Tale of the Chupacabra. There once lived an angry old chupacabra in a castle on the top of a mountain. The villagers were scared of him and his powers because he had ran many of them before. He had a powerful army of sunglasses that did his bidding, and some say he had a bridge in his bathroom. (laughs) The chupacabra had a secret New Jersey devil that he was protecting. The New Jersey devil only ate bicycles and swords. One (laughs) night, a mothman snuck into the castle and stole the New Jersey devil. The chupacabra became enraged and sent his army of hats after the mothman. A fight ensued, the army of hats shouting, Gee willikers! And the mothman howling, Stop. Police. Murder. In the end, the New Jersey devil grew to the size of a ferris wheel and stomped on everyone fighting. Then, the child proclaimed, 
I am Steve, and I am going to be a gas station attendant. Goodbye, pretty world. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that. <laughs> I did have another, um, I have some Halloween questions for next time, and then, I don't know, I feel like we could do, like, a, what are two of our most irrational fears? <laughs> <laughs> What, for the next one, or do you want to do that now? I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> do you need uh, to have something prepared? Or <laughs> I, I know I have the, the one irrational fear I have, which is people grabbing my wrists. And it, 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 it has to do with feeling like someone is either is going to grip me so tightly that my veins and my wrists burst. Oh, God. <laughs> and, like, whenever I see someone with, like, a wrist tattoo, it freaks me out. Really? Because I imagine the needle going... Uh, 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 <laughs> I, I imagine the needle going on the wrist and it's just... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, a wrist tattoo is one of the ones that I wanted, uh, but I, I'm not going to get because, like, you never know with job stuff. Yeah. It's not even, like, the whole underside of the arm. Like, uh, the, the top of the wrist is fine. It's the underside where you can, like, see the veins. It freaks me out. And yeah. I remember once in ninth grade I told one of my supposed friends that I had this fear, and he proceeded to immediately grab my wrist. I almost slapped him Wow, you should have. So... <laughs> Fair warning to anyone who knows me, please. I mean, I probably won't slap you in the face. No, you should. If you grab my <laughs> wrist. Only if you do it after I tell you not to do it. It freaks me out. Yeah. Anyway. Most of my other fears are somewhat rational, but that one is really irrational. Yeah. I would say that one of mine is not really, like, a fear, but, like, kind of along the same lines and, like, being grossed out by it. I really hate stitches. So, like... Ugh. If yeah. there's a movie where someone gets their mouth stitched shut or something like that, it really freaks me out. And just, like, yeah, if I creepy. know someone who's been in the hospital and they have stitches, I can't look at it. Yeah. And then I'm also That's afraid not... of werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Man, those werewolves, they just... <laughs> They're just all over the place. Like, I used to be so scared of, like, being abducted by aliens or, like, werewolves when I was a kid. I wasn't scared of vampires because I was like, they have to be invited in. You know? <laughs> so it's rational in my irrational fears. <laughs> Someone calling me? Get out. No. no. <laughs> Whoever you are in New York, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have had so many people. Listen, speaking of calling people, it's, it relates to the movie. I swear, guys, don't, don't shut us off yet. <laughs> it doesn't really relate to the movie, but it, it relates to phone calls and stuff. I have had people call me on the phone lately and they'll do the thing where they'll just go straight to your voicemail like there's there's a way to to make that happen um if you don't want to like talk to the person I've done it before because I get anxious about phone calls but it will also not show up on my missed call list like I won't have a number and I'm not sure what that's about I don't know if that's my network or what but um like, I'll get a voicemail notification, and I'm like, what? No one called me. And then I finally go and look at the voicemail, and I'm like, oh, what the hell? When did they call me? Because there's nothing on my list of contacts, you know? That's weird. And then I also had a recruiter call me on the phone about a job, but he didn't leave a message, and he didn't email me, because our point of contact that we'd already established was email. Uh, he didn't email me and say, I'm going to call you on the phone. He didn't ask to schedule a call on the phone. I still don't know why he called. 
I it was an accident. But like, how do you accidentally fall on the phone in the exact <laughs> ten digits of my <laughs> phone number? You don't know what they're doing. <laughs> You're not there. It could have happened. <laughs> there could have been like some kind of like Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> That, like, dialed your number on the phone while he's screaming, no, in the background, and he runs to hang it up. If I had answered it, it would have just been, like, screaming and, like, mechanical whirring and gears grinding. <laughs> I would have been calling back, like, are you okay? Do I need to send the cops? But yeah, it just struck me as very rude and unprofessional, and then the rest of our conversation that I didn't end up responding to after the last email because it was so rude and unprofessional just yeah. also struck me that way what a jerk yeah but i have a freelance project coming down the line so that's exciting yay, <laughs> yay. uh so i think that that's all we have today i hope that we talked about the movie enough because i feel like i got really distracted a couple times thinking about how it's cute okay. matthew willard it's, is it's a, it's, a, it's our thing it's fine. <laughs> Everyone knows what they're in for. True. <laughs> so be sure to follow us on Twitter, please, on a YWT Podcast. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe. I've been Jackie. I've been Lita. And this is why haven't you watched that. Ooh. Ooh.